Well, we're going to jump back in it this morning. And last week, if you missed it, uh, it, we had a great Sunday morning. It was an awesome time together. And then we had our vision meeting and potluck. We had a ton of people, over 170 that stayed for that. And if you remember last Sunday morning, anybody, did it snow just a little bit? It snowed maybe five or six inches from 8.15 till about 1.30 when our meeting was done. And uh, you all braved the, the weather. It was awesome. But I'm going to give a recap on a little illustration that I did last week and, and use it a little bit today. And have another illustration today that we're going to be using later on. But just to get rolling in this, what are these pipes? Uh, a few areas of our life. Each one represents a different percentage of our money. So 10%, 5%. Our three, our two percenters, and then our small, our one percent pipes. The first area of our life is we have taxes. There's no way around taxes, church. Make some money, pay your taxes. That's just how it is. And so uh, we, we put over here about 28% of your livelihood goes first. The reason I put them first is because a lot of people, your check taxes just are pulled out. That's a blessing. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, be sure that you pay those taxes because we don't want to go to jail. Like, if we're going to go to jail, we're going to go to jail for bi biblical persecution things, not for money, right? So pay your taxes. Uh, that is big. Another one we see the principle of the word is tithing or giving or what we give to God. God entrusts us with finances and then we give. So we see in the Bible a biblical principle all throughout would be a 10% minimum that we, we give to the Lord. We, we fill his storehouse and we looked last week that we are blessed. The word says, test me not in this. Test me and see that I will open up the windows of heavens. And then the next area, one that maybe we struggle with a little bit, would be savings. If we're doing it right, church, you don't spend every penny. We looked at a, a verse from Psalm. There's, there's others uh, that if you spend it all, then you're going to be in trouble. At some point, something's going to happen. So we should be saving. Uh, our uh, Melissa Honigford, who's teaching Financial Peace University for us right now, there's a great group that's being a part of that. She's like, 10% is not enough, but we have 10% for this, for this purpose. We can build up and go from there, right? But savings is really important. Last week we talked about a lot of us replace savings with debt, and debt that is not like your house or your car, those are more reasonable, but debt like credit card debt because we bought too much stuff. Maybe you've been there before, or maybe you're there now. Then we need to pay off our debt so we can instead pay to savings. And how do we do that is by navigating our lifestyle purchases in our life, right? So we have a good chunk of money that would be in lifestyle, uh, like 52% that we show right there. Lifestyle is your home. I pray that all of us live in some sort of structure, right? I think we probably do that we have some sort of a house, we've got some sort of a car, but then there's other things, and I've been picking on boats. Maybe you have a boat, or you have hobbies, or you have, uh, you know, race car, whatever you do that's like your thing, uh, that you spend money on stuff. I see Jeff and Vicky camping. Like, you've got your camping stuff. I think that that's what they were saying. If not, I think I was reading their minds. They're like, you go camping, you go do whatever it is. My wife and I, we believe in working hard, and we believe in vacation. We love vacation, so we save money so we can go on vacation and including figuring out the way to do it the cheapest possible at the nicest places. We love it. Uh, so we love vacation, right? These are just some of the basics of life. When we think of finances, those things are the very base that we all have in some form, in some percentage. Now this morning, 
We'll jump back to that in a few minutes, but we're going to look at the verses that we read and what does it look like to be someone who is truly on mission? What does it be someone? Uh, what's it like to be someone that we go after God with everything that we have? We go, in fact, today what we're titling the word this morning is one more slash until it hurts, right? What's it like in our life when we go after something until it straight up hurts? Now, right over here, I've got a bow flex. I've got some different weights over here. And my wife and I, we, uh, about 10 weeks ago, we decided, you know what, we're going to go and start pumping iron. Like, that seemed like what we needed to do. Uh, if you know me, I've talked about, if you've been around, I love to run. Like, I'm a runner. And running is what I like to do. But then in the winter, I always stop running because a treadmill for hours a week does not sound fun. And running outside in the cold, I'm just not going to do it. Like, that. I mean, that's just, to be honest, it's just not going to happen. So normally, I run in the summer. I do nothing in the winter. But you know what I realized recently? I am now 38 years old. And if I do that, then my stomach responds poorly in those six or so five months of the winter. And then all summer long, I'm trying to get rid of what I added on in the winter, and I just didn't like that. So I decided we're going to go to the gym, Dublin Rec Center, and we're going to start doing like weights and stuff. We don't have any clue. But we found this awesome app, and we went, and we just started. We're now 10 weeks into this experience, and we both lost weight. We both have way more muscle. In fact, just the thought of lifting weights uh, is entirely different. When we went... We started, and we started kind of uh, probably light, right? You, you have no clue what you're doing. And in fact, we would be like shaking and like weights, like we're going to break our arms off. Like we don't know what we're doing at all. And you start doing it, and all of a sudden you say, this is easy. In fact, what you started with real fast, your body figures out what you're doing, and you start to know how to lift weights, and you can add a lot of weight in a really quick amount of time. But we learned something else, that not only does your body figure it out, so let's say it goes from 5 pounds to, you know, 20. We'll go to 20. That seems like a, a nice level. Not only can you go to 20, but then you need to get to a place where you're not only like pumping iron or doing bench presses or doing whatever you're doing, but you need to get it to a point where it literally hurts or where you are fully exhausted by the end. So thinking of a shoulder press, when you go up over your head, you need to be not able to accomplish what your goal is. The goal is we're doing eight or 10 reps, three sets, and by the second rep or the third rep or set, we should not make it to the end because our muscles are literally exhausted to the point where you're like, oh. In fact, when my brother was here, then he wants you to just help a little. And when he says that, it's like just a little, like two pounds, give me two pounds on there or three pounds. Don't help a lot. I grabbed and was like, Ugh. he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue. Right, just a little bit because he wants the pain of pushing because if he doesn't get the pain, he's never going to get the results and the growth in his life, in his body, in his muscles that he wants to see. So as we've worked out, we've realized it is 100% true. You have to go to the point of exhaustion. Your muscles can't do it anymore. And then you come back the next time you work that muscle group and you can do more of them or you can do more weight depending whether you're to your, to your rep max on your sets. And it, it no longer hurts what you were doing, but now I can do more. Now I can lift it up. Now I can raise it. We've, we've seen those numbers go up. And in our spiritual life, we're going to see, I believe, Paul telling us 
we gotta, we gotta work a little bit. In our spiritual life, move till it hurts. In our missions, move till it hurts. And I mentioned before, in missions, missions is not the missionary that's across the world. However, they are missionaries. But today, I wanna be sure you think of it. You are a missionary. You are a missionary to the people in your home, your community, the people that live near you. You're missionaries to the people you work with. In fact, some of you, you go into work and you have to swipe a card and I cannot get into where you get into. Only you can get in there. You are the missionary that God has placed for that spot in that moment right now for this season. Thankfully, and we have a a few missionaries that are right here, maybe others in the house today, that you are a missionary sent to a place like the Ohio State University or or, 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 our high school kids uh, through uh, whatever our ministry is. And Matt Clark, I don't know if you're here in this service, but there's Liz right back there. You're sent to go to a certain person or group. Or maybe those that are on the other side of the world in Africa or in Asia or Europe, wherever it might be. But we are all called to be missionaries. And this word is not for some missionary far away, but it's for you and your life. So we're going to look here real quick over the next few minutes out of Romans 15. Three things. The first is a fruitful mission. Paul, he jumps right in in verse 18. And says, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. Right? He's saying, it doesn't matter what else is going on. It matters that someone came to know the Lord. And in his specific case, he was called to take the message of the gospel of Jesus, not only to the Jew, but to the Gentile. And I think about every person in this room should be very thankful that God did not only keep it for his people, but he opened it to you and to me, Gentiles, who are not Jewish, that we get to experience the power of God. And Paul was the one that took that message. But he says he did it by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. You see that he had a fruitful mission. He was a fruitful missionary. He was a fruitful follower of Jesus. And he did it in word and deed. His life matched his message. And so often in our life, can we maybe speak the word, or maybe even sometimes we can serve and do things, but we don't have it all put together. And he's saying in our life, we must be people that speak the word of God, that proclaim the word of God, that pray the word of God, and everything we do, our deeds match up and line up. We should be a people that talks about Jesus, and we should be a people that serves like Jesus. We should be a people that talks about uh, what Jesus would do, and then we should give food to the poor. We should be a people that believes and talks about the power of healing, and then we pray for people to be healed. Because how are they going to be healed if you won't let your faith arise? Our word and our deed lines up. Paul is speaking, and it leads to mighty signs and wonders. And in the early church, signs and wonders were a normal part of their life. They saw healings and people literally raised from the dead and leprosy come off, right? The things Jesus did, the early church did. And we still see signs and wonders. We just uh, last, uh, last week heard a, a testimony of Sue's non-saved doctor being like, I don't know what happened to your eye. That's a miracle. There's no other way to say it. God still moves. But all over the world, we see more miracles than we generally see here in America. You go to South America, you go to Africa, you go to places where we don't have the ability just to run to our doctor, 
when we have problems? They run to God when they have problems. There's something about a different mindset of, Lord, I'm not only like thankful that you do some special things, but Lord, I have nothing and I give you all of my life and everything I am. And I want to be in radiant life and the word would speak to us that we would be a church that doesn't only talk about it, doesn't only talk about the word and talk about miracles, but that believes that God, you say that we should do greater things and you raise somebody from the dead. So church, I believe we're going to see and I believe that I'm going to get a pray for sometime somebody that's dead come back to life because that's what the word says. And I don't really want to speak it but Lord, put me around a dead person or let me figure out how to be around a dead person so I can pray because how are they going to come back to life if no one will go and pray, right? Our deeds have to look like our, our words and then we are going to see mighty signs and wonders and people will come to know the Lord. The lost will be drawn if they see their dead loved one come back to life. Anybody think that a family member might be like, don't know what happened there, but I want some of it, right? Like, that would be pretty good. That's what Jesus did throughout the word, mighty signs of wonders. And then goes on, by the power of the Spirit of God. Paul tells us that when he preached, the message was accompanied by the power of God. We don't only need to speak, but Lord, you need to show up, and we can't do it. If you didn't know, no pastor or someone that's gifted in healing or whatever— it's not because they have some special formula. It's not because of anything, but they're in tune with God. They've been spending time with God. They've probably been fasting. They've definitely been praying. They're in tune and they pray and they believe and there's a miracle that takes place. And church, we must be a people that don't talk it, but we experience signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, which means you have the power of the Spirit of God inside of you. So let's walk in that. Let's believe that. Let's act like that. Which means I don't go to work just to go to work. I go to work to be a missionary on mission to fulfill the call of God that he's given me. That's what each of us in this room get to do when we say yes to Jesus. A faith, or a fruitful mission. Only the power of the Holy Spirit of God will move churches, communities, and hearts to Jesus. All of the, the plans we have, the systematic thoughts we have, the, the structures we Without the power of God, we're not going to see people come to know him. We want to be and see a fruitful mission. The second thing we see is a faithful mission. In verse 19b, it, uh, the second half of it, it goes on and says, So that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Now you might say, why, why did he mention there? Like That seems like a weird place to mention uh, that would be in modern-day Yugoslavia, and why he mentioned that is because to get there, it means that he traveled well over 1,500 miles to be a part and to share the goodness of God. He was far, far away from home. Now, if you think here, 1,500 miles is quite a ways. Like anybody, you just want to drive 1,500 miles today? Probably not. But we can all drive 1,500 miles for him, he's talking about walking or maybe some sort of animal and boats and things. And not our boats, not power boats, but like with wind or oars, like crazy stuff. He was faithful to fulfill the, God, the call God had no matter what it took. And when we understand, I'm not going to see the fruit of the mission that God has for me unless I'm willing to go on the journey to be faithful to walk that journey out. If I, if I don't get it, I'm never going to get there. 
But instead, Lord, help me experience your call. Help me to experience what you have for me. I think Paul would show with these statements, your field is the whole world. Your field is to go. Your field is not right here, but it's then to be biblical and to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Your field is to get on the boat, is to get in the car, is to get in the plane, is to do what God calls you to do, to go after him and his power. Now back in the 6th century, there was an Irish missionary, St. Columba. He was sent to evangelize northern Scotland. The adventure was hazardous. It was crazy because of the pics that lived there. And he took 12 people with him. They got a boat. They, they went across to the island. They made it. And then they did a very peculiar thing. I can't say the word, but whatever it is, a weird thing. They set the boat on fire. Can anybody tell me, why, why in the world would you do that? You're, it's dangerous it's scary. There's people that really would probably prefer kill you. You set the boat on fire. And he said, we set the boat on fire because we didn't want to be able to wimp out and go back from where we came because we knew God called us to this place. He called us to this mission. And if we fulfill our call, we weren't going to need that boat again. So they burnt the boat. So they're saying, we're here. And if God sends you to a dangerous place, he sends you to a place where you're like, I don't know if I can do it. Well, burn the boat when you get there so you can't leave, so you can fill the call of God on your life. God wants us to be fruitful, but we must be faithful to his call. He had a commitment to Christ's message. And as I was looking at some different people, I think I saw a theme that was really talked about here in these verses. A believer or church who does not witness and give their lives to the work of expanding the kingdom is either a counterfeit or a contradiction. There's not really any other way to look at it. To say I'm a follower of Jesus, to say I love Jesus, to say that I experience him at an altar in a service, but not to let him move us to change the world around us, it's a contradiction. That doesn't even make sense. That's not the message of God. That's not what he would have for us. You can know you're out of his will if it's like, well, that's for somebody else. I'm just going to pray. Be like, no, we need to pray. Please pray. In fact, I have a shirt that says, stop praying start obeying. And the key is not stop praying, but it's, Lord, if I pray all day, every day, and I don't actually obey what you're telling me to do, that's not being faithful. That's not going where you have me to be. That's not experiencing your kingdom here on earth. And I pray that the Rad fam would not be either a counterfeit or a contradiction, but that we would experience the power of God. We would celebrate baptisms. We would see people one after another come to know him. And we'd keep talking about him and sharing him and proclaiming him. God is calling you, he's calling us to be his hands and feet to this world. To proclaim the goodness of God. Let's be fruitful, let's be faithful. And the third is it is a focused ministry or a mission. In verse 20 and 21 it went on and said, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. Not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. And those who have never heard will understand. And that's my prayer. Is Lord, we want to be fruitful. We want to be faithful. And we want to be focused. Not on what we have. And on our comforts. And on the things we can experience in a, a church service. 
But Lord, we want to be focused on what those things send us out to do to be focused on your neighbor who you know has no clue about Jesus. Your coworker who you know, they don't have an adequate representation. They've never heard a good message of the gospel. A family member who's turned their back on God. You get to be God's hand and feet. You get to go start a work in somebody's life. You get to go be the prayer warrior that someone needs for you. Even if you're not called to Africa or to OSU campus, you are called to the people that are in your sphere of influence. You are called to be a missionary. You are called to pastor a group of folks. Wherever you swipe that card to get into your work, pastor those people because I can't get in there. You be their pastor. And even if I could, I can't pastor all those people. But you and you and every person in this room, when we all become the pastors, the, the missionaries God has called us to be, we can make an impact in our world. And you might be saying, but it, it's scary. What happens if I lose my job? I promise you, if you lose your job because you're doing what God has called you to do, not being wacky, not being ignorant or being whatever, but you are doing what God has called you to do, God's going to take care of you. I feel quite confident. He's going to take care of you. You be faithful. You burn the boat behind you. You burn the boat and say, God, I'm here to do what you've called me to do. And all of a sudden, that fruitful, faithful, focused mission, you're going to see things happen in your life, in your community, in your family, in your home that you thought were impossible because you prayed, because you fasted, because you spent time, because you said, Lord, there's nothing more important than one more person coming to know the Lord. There's nothing more important than my aged mother or dad coming to know the Lord, or than my brother or my sister, or than an aunt or uncle or one of my children coming back to the Lord. I, there's nothing more important. So are we living our life in a way that that statement is actually obvious? Am I living my life in a way that there's nothing more important than my family experiencing Jesus? My prayer is, if not, it's time. It's time to go all in with the message of God. It's time to say, you know what, five pounds, 20 pounds, that's not what I, that's not what I want to do anymore. We're going a little more, and this will be, uh, this is all it is, 52 and a half pounds today. Right? I'm going to lift weight. I couldn't even do one curl, I don't think. With 52 and a half pounds, maybe one. I got one. Right? I don't care until it hurts because I want my spirit and my, my church family to grow. I'm not lifting five pounds anymore. I'm not going to act like a five-pound Christian anymore. I'm going to go after the things of God because nothing is more important than one more person experiencing Jesus. Nothing. My questions today as we head towards home. First, are you doing everything in your power to reach the lost? where you influence? Are you doing everything to reach the lost if there's someone in your home that doesn't know the Lord? Or a family member that doesn't know the Lord? Or a, a coworker who or a friend? Where you go to the grocery store? Where you buy stuff? Are you doing everything in your power? The second question is, are you doing everything in your power to help those who are carrying the gospel to the ends of the earth? Are you doing everything? Because what else matters? Truly, what else in this life, in a few years or 10 or four decades or eight decades, we're all going to be dead. And nothing that we have in this world is going to matter one bit. But our walk with Jesus, 
and the people that we got to share Jesus with, the people we got we to water or, or put some seed down, or that we got to see actually and lead them to the Lord, that's what's going to matter. I believe someday we're going to be in heaven. And I don't know if this is how it works, but I pray that we get to have a little heavenly reunion of you gave, you went, you talked, you prayed, and I'm here because of you, at least a part because of you. I think that would be pretty fun if we all get to have a reunion with our folks, that, that we had some part in playing and seeing the message of the gospel becoming real in their life. We probably won't care when we get there because Jesus is going to be there. But right now, it sounds fun to think about. And I pray if that's the case, that my reunion is quite large. I don't care about all the other stuff, but I'm praying for thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't know, trickle down how far until Jesus comes. Millions of people would be there who say, you won that person to Jesus. And they won their whole family. And that person won, right? You can be thousands and thousands and thousands of people if we just get bold to, to share his goodness, to proclaim his goodness, that one more would know him. Until it hurts, I'm going to go. Even past it, I'm going to burn the boat. And be all in with Jesus. When we think about, and this morning we passed out cards. Uh, this morning, in fact, if our ushers, if we have some, some more of those, um, we're going to be coming to the front here in a minute. And we have, here we go, perfect. If you need one of those, just raise your hand and she will come and grab or get one of those for you. Uh, they have on the one side, and we can put the slide up on the screen, what we did last year. What we got to be a part of. What, uh, what Radiant Life Church got to do, you can see up on the top, we got to give to Speed the Light and Convoy of Hope for 33000 We got to uh, do some things here like parking lots. Those are boring things. But we got to give $215,000 to missions and ministries uh, all over the world. We got to see $28,000 go for every nation, every soul. One Sunday morning, you guys gave $28,000. We saw $37,000 go to Royal Family Kids Camp to see a bunch of foster kids come experience Jesus. And we see them look more like Jesus every year. We do a birthday party. Some of those kids have never had a birthday party in their life. And we do a birthday party for every one of those kids. And we give them gifts. There's something about sharing Jesus, whether it's people from Franklin County, kids that, that just, just need someone to love them. Or whether it's going around the world. We get to be a part of it. We get to go after Jesus. Then we're believing this year, you can see, for Radiant, for Radiant Kids Child Care, number two. We're believing, we're looking actively. Lord, if you'll give us a facility, you'll give us a building. We're working on the structure so we can start a second because we believe there's no better outreach that Radiant Life has than ministering to hundreds of, hundreds of kids and families every week. Talking about Jesus, proclaiming Jesus. We want to plan another one. Next week, we're going to see a dream of mine for a long time. Uh, we're going to be celebrating. Be sure you're here to celebrate with us what God is doing. It is going to be a blast uh, just to, to have a guest with us and talk about what we're going to be doing. One-time gift to mission partnerships. Those are things we don't know yet, but this year there'll be opportunities. I believe at least 45000 Revive Church Hilltop remodel. They are finally be able to remodel the building we helped them get into. And uh, so that's going to be 25 here in March. Uh, we're going to have some other things like worship center. Uh, some of you gave last year and we're finally, I think this week, going to be signing contracts for flooring, for stained concrete, for carpet all throughout the, these main spaces and are looking forward to that. God is moving. There's things that are happening. And my question is, when it comes to the gospel going forward, when it comes to your life individually with your neighbors and your family, 
And as a church family, something we believe God has blessed us with in this community is the fact that we're able to give substantially to see the lost all around the world come to relationship with Jesus. And what I want to ask you to do as you have this card, maybe you're holding in your hand, there's a couple of things on it that uh, you can see. Uh, The first line is to partner with Radiant Life Church. Maybe you don't give. You're not a part of financially pouring into Radiant Life. We would invite you. All you have to do is put begin, or if you already are, you can just put continue. If you notice, there's no name. I'm not worried about a name. This is a you and God thing. You'll turn it in so we can add up missions, numbers, and stuff, but this is between you and God. You say begin or continue. Tithing to Radiant Life Church. If you say, hey, I've not been a part of tithing, and you want to test God in this, then I'm going to ask you, would you start to tithe? Test him. Malachi talks about this principle. And in fact, we say at Radiant Life, if you begin to tithe, you give 10% of what God entrusts you, if after 90 days you say, you know what, I don't want to do that, we'll give you your money back. Because we believe the word of God is so true and powerful that it's not going to be a forced savings account. You're going to say, God has blessed me. And it may be dollar for dollar, or it might be in other areas of your life. But when we test God, when he tells us to test him, like in Malachi, we know he's going to come through. So we'd invite you to begin tithing. You could put begin or continue. And then the third one, one I really want to focus on, is our monthly support of missions. Our goal for this year is to get to 80 missionaries that we are supporting monthly and all the projects, the things that you saw on the front of the card. And if we all are involved, we can do more. In fact, every year we give way more than what comes in specifically for missions. And my prayer, Pastor Dave, my prayer is that we don't only do that, but we start having too much that comes in. Because 100% of missions is going to go out. So you outgive what we give as a church in our budget, then we're going to find more projects and more missionaries and more people that we can send the gospel through our, our money. Send it out to them to see more people experience Jesus. So in that third box, if you would, just what's your monthly missions going to be for this year? If you already give and you're going to stay there, write that number. If you're going to start, write that number. If you're going to maybe raise to something, write that number. The fourth one, if you say, you mentioned carpet, you mentioned facilities, you just value uh, that and you say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be part of Radiant Kids, that we're just prepared, we're ready to go from a financial spot. Our legacy giving would go into that, into that project spot. Uh, and through our tithes and offerings, and so we would invite you there. But specifically today, those first, uh, all four, but those first two and missions, what can you do monthly to say, Lord, I'm going to believe, I'm going to give. In my and Rachel personal life, we look at our lifestyle, and we've decided a long time ago that we were not going to do 10%, but we want to be at least 15%. Not because it's some biblical number, but because we enjoy giving. We want to give. We want to see the power of God poured forth. And our goal is that as a church, we're doing about 15%. And we want to see in our own personal life and in our church life, we want to see that number get to 20%. Once again, not because of some number in the Bible, but because we just feel God would want us to have a heart to give. And as we give more, God always blesses. We're just blown away. And so my question for you, maybe 20 is way crazy. Maybe 15 is crazy. And you say, I don't know, but would you be someone who said, you know what, I could give another percent or two percent above my giving, above my tithe, to be a part of missions. Maybe you say, whatever that is. And maybe it's just starting five dollars a month, or 15, or 30, or 50. 
I don't know, but would you let God lead you in your own life to be the hands and feet of Jesus until it hurts a little, until it changes your pattern, until you have to watch a little bit less TV to accomplish what you need to accomplish for God? Anybody think that sounds like a good, I think that's going to, that would be good for all of us. What else can we get rid of that all of a sudden we realize isn't actually beneficial to our life to give to God in our time and our energy and our talents? And in money, I want to be someone that gives till it hurts. I want to be somebody that just like with muscles, I start to lift it and I say, I don't even know if I can do this. I don't know. My left arm, I definitely cannot do 52 and a half pounds. Urgh, with two arms, I got it, right? But I don't even know if I can do it. But God, if you call me, I'm going to go till it hurts. In every part of my life, every portion of my life, finances and my discipleship journey and how I share Jesus, I'm going to go till it hurts. And so this morning, as we finish up this, this financial portion of our heart for the house, I'm going to ask everyone to fill out a card. Once again, there's no name on it. I'm not looking for names. It's you and God. But we do ask that then when you leave today, if you turn it in, so we can just see what's that faith promise, that third line. Maybe how many people you say, I'm going to start giving for the first time, or I'm going to start tithing for the first time. We're going to celebrate. If you start tithing and you want to put your name, I will, I will take you out to lunch because I believe God will bless you. There's nothing like it. It's a discipleship journey. Let's go after Jesus. So if you'd fill that card out, I want to pray for us as we leave this morning that God will help us be a church that sees one more, one more come to him, one more, and we're going to go till it hurts. We're going to push through. We're going to burn the boat behind us if God calls us to an island. We're not going to give up. We're not going to stop. We're not going to relent, but we're going to be all in for Jesus. So Lord, this morning we are thankful. Lord, what a great crew of people today. What an awesome time baptizing folks this morning. Lord, we're thankful for what you're doing. And Lord, in our lives, we off offer you ourselves. Lord, we want to be fully in for you. We want to be focused. We want to be faithful. And Lord, we want our lives to be fruitful. So Lord, would you help us? Lord, put down the five pound weight in the spirit. And Lord, would you help us pick up the heavy weights? Would you help us go till it hurts? Pour out till it hurts. Pour out until we realize that actually what we thought hurts is a joy and a privilege and the only thing that truly matters. Lord, so I pray that this week every person in this room that's at home that would listen, Lord, they would experience you. They would experience your love. They would experience your power. And Lord, they would give of themselves till it hurts to the people around them. They would give of themselves in prayer till their knees hurt God. They would give of themselves in the word until they have a love for your word, Lord, that they don't want to ever put it down. They would give of themselves in worship till they feel and experience the God of the universe sending them out to be your hands and feet. Lord, that we would never just be here, but we would be here so we could go there to share with one more person. And Lord, if that means we have to get out of our comfort zone, Lord, would you help us do it till it hurts? Lord, would you help it do it till there's growth? Lord, if maybe we're a little more introverted, Lord, I pray that, Lord, it might be a little bit draining, but Lord, drain us for the cause of God, for the cause of Christ, for the cause of one more person experiencing you. Lord, use us in might and power. Use us with signs and wonders. Use us with word and deed by the power of the Spirit of God that resides inside of us that we would be your hands and feet. We love you. And Lord, let that pour into every area. In our finances, let us be faithful to test you in tithing, to go above and beyond in the joy of giving. 
Lord, let us be cheerful givers, as your word says, and then be able to watch as you take care of every need. So Lord, put our life in order. Put our finances in order. Put our mind in order. All things in you. And Lord, let us be your hands and feet. One more, Jesus. One more. Until it hurts, over and over. We give of ourselves to you. We love you. We thank you. Jesus, you are so, so good. Bless this church. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. If you would, fill that out. Ushers are going to be at, uh, in the hallways there. They'll be collecting these from you and are so thankful for you. Have a great day. Let God lead you. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.